If you're interested in learning how I launched Zim Excellence, then you're in luck. Sign up for my podcast workshop and learn how it's easier and more affordable than ever to start a podcast. Also, grab yourself a copy of my podcast resource guide, which covers industry terminology, suggested tech setup, in addition to countless free online resources to support your podcast journey. Just head to wongai.com forward slash podcast creation. That's wongai.com forward slash podcast creation. The link will also be down in the show notes. Now, let's start the show. Yeah, welcome to the party. Hello, Makadini Salibonani. My name is Wongai, and you're listening to Zim Excellence, a weekly celebration of Zimbabwe's change makers and trailblazers. So here's the secret, y'all. Zimbabweans are actually dope AF, and it's just time that we recognize it. So grab yourself a plate of sadza and grab that stony ginger beer and let the party begin. Hello, hello, and welcome to another episode of Zim Excellence. Today is a special day, not only because we are recording on Beyonce's 40th birthday. Happy birthday, Beyonce. Today, I'm joined by two guests, two fabulous women who met during their days at Peterhouse Girls School and have been friends for over 20 years, despite now living on different continents. These ladies are also the co-hosts of their very own podcast called It's Layered. The show covers layered topics such as classism in Zimbabwe, what it means to be Black Zimbabwean women living in the diaspora, and even getting married in line with cultural tradition. Rora. Because y'all, je ne ma layers. With me in the virtual studio is Amanda Mudege, a qualified forensic toxicologist living in Melbourne, Australia, who also launched her own styling business called I Am Who I Am Styling. I also have with me Rumbizai Dube, who is a marketing specialist turned English language teacher living in Budwe's Czech Republic. She is also the social media and strategic manager for the Black African Women Network, which is a media platform that seeks to amplify Black African voices to be seen, be heard, be inspired. Please welcome y'all, Amanda and Rumbi. Hi, guys. I feel so that intro. I'm like, hey, I know. Where the horns? Air horns, please. <laughs> <laughs> wow, such a lovely intro. Thank you. Oh my gosh. Thank you so much. So good to see you, Wongai. Y'all are so, so welcome. So I'm just going to um, backtrack a little bit so that um, the listeners are able to identify whose voice is so amanda please share your beautiful voice with us hi guys (laughs) and rumbi (laughs) hello everybody (laughs) there we go so we got two goddesses in the studios today ladies it is so great to have you on the show Uh, i am, am a huge huge believer in women's empowerment and supporting each other especially as black women so it's glad to have you here so that we can prove to the listeners and also the Zimbabwean community at large 
that there is no competition between us. None at all. Say it again. No competition between us. We support <laughs> each other. Yes, as it should be. As it should be. Thousand percent. Thousand percent. Love it. Love it. So I literally have all of the questions for you. And I feel like they need to do a documentary on your friendship because y'all 20 years, like I had to do the math last night. I was like, if I was in a friendship for over 20 years, it would have had started. And this is me aging myself. It's whatever. Um, when I was nine, and I was like, not, nah, I'm not friends with anyone I knew when I was nine, except for like um, my childhood best friend, well, the last time I saw her when was when I was eight, um, because I've moved from the UK, but we're not as close. We, we just kind of be like, oh, happy birthday, happy birthday. But like, you know, and I'm just like, yo, it's just so incredible to not only be friends that long, but also, you know, still being friends long distance. Like I, I get it as a third culture kid and having to move constantly. I'm like, it's hard. So as you know, I always want to talk origin story, but this is a special episode where we're just going off the script. In your case, I would love to hear the story about how you both met from your different perspectives. So set the scene for us, lady. <laughs> Who'd like to start first? <laughs> Amanda, Ruby? I'll, I'll go first. I'll go first. Okay, Amanda. I don't even, I wish Ruby, and this is meant with like the most love. I don't even know when I started being friends with this amazing girl. Like, Savage. I don't even know when. I can't even say this specific moment, but I just know since I saw her in Form 1, 2000, year 2001, we've been friends ever since. Like, it's, it's amazing to me now when I reflect, I'm like, wow, 20 years. It does not feel like 20 years at all. It feels so effortless to be Rimby's friend. I mean, she's amazing. So it's like so easy just to keep the friendship going. But like only now when we started the podcast, people are like, what, 20 years? I'm like, oh, it's actually a, a mean feat. Like, yeah, we did that. But it's been so easy. Yeah, I have to agree. I can't picture as much as I was saying she's being savage I can't actually remember the moment I think we did a lot of things together whether it was extracurricular we had classes together so somewhere in that mix we obviously got to talking I have to agree like honestly I can't imagine having gone through high school without Amanda in that picture and then having this friendship last like it's it just has felt very genuine very like it was very organic very almost like soul sisters that meet come meet again like from another yeah. lifetime like yeah. it's hard to put it it's hard to explain it to people I think they want the recipe or like how it's yeah <laughs> we want the ingredients <laughs> yeah they, mean, they do you know? they do it's so funny because Facebook will like call us out because they'll have memories and I'm like oh look at Ruby she used to write on my page back when you used to write on Facebook pages <laughs> guys I'm showing my I'm showing my age but that's okay <laughs> let me just say back in the day it was like such an honor if like someone wrote on your page and right I think, I think the first days of Facebook or at least in 2006 when you guys became friends there used to be a portion where you could say how you guys became friends or how you yeah. you yes. met or something yeah and then that disappeared like so many yeah 
cool, I think, aspects of Facebook disappeared and were replaced with garbage, like, advertising. Yeah. Yeah, exactly. And pages, like if you like the same pages, you were like, "Oh my gosh, this boy likes the same page that I liked." We're both into Good Charlotte. Oh my gosh! How true. The expose. Yeah. Oh, and then you have statuses. Amanda is dot dot dot, and you have to yes. feel how you're feeling. And I used oh my to God. literally type how I was feeling. I'm like, calm down. It's not the end of the world. It's not that deep. Child, <laughs> I like yeah. this is going off on a tangent, but I'll like you know, Facebook memories will call you out, and then you'll see posts from like 2008 or something. And the way I used to just write, it was just like, yeah. Yo, what what was grammar? What is this shortening, yeah. shortening thing we did? But it was yeah. like, it wasn't because we didn't know grammar, it was like because it, it was cool, cool, to write that yeah. way. And before, like, emojis were a thing, we were doing emoticons, and you would do them by hand. Oh, <laughs> yes, yes. Yeah. Ellipses, mm-hmm. brackets, smiley yes. face. Exactly. <laughs> so, so anyone who knows me, I'm not the same person as early Facebook days. Not the same yeah. person. Oh, okay. I'm the same person, yeah. but not. <laughs> Disclaimer. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I like the same yeah. things, but I'm not, don't have the same mindset. So yeah. on... Speaking of memories, do you have any favorite memories together or any favorite memories growing up in Zimbabwe? I want to start with you, Rumbi. With Amanda, definitely, I think her supporting me, I I recorded a song um, in high school, we were 16, and her being my cheerleader and like we were, we auditioned for like interact. Uh, the Interact Club, and uh, to perform this Could song. Could you explain what Interact was? Interact was like society or like a group organization you joined to help the community through outreach programs, fundraising, so you could help the less fortunate. And we used to do different events and programs to to help them. We'd go to these charities to help them out. And one of the things we had was like an interact show, which is like a variety show. And you'd have singing, dancing, modeling, like all sorts of random things. It was like the highlight of our high school days. Like we wanted to be there. So like Amanda, like the true homie writer that she is, was there with me during the choreo and all that. So that's one of my favorite memories. And then another random favorite memory is probably us just going for walks. We were in boarding school, so we used to go for walks around the cross-country course and talking, which I guess we haven't stopped. Like, we always just talk, mm-hmm. like, having some really good conversations. So that's my favorite memory. Oh, my gosh. There's so many. Like, when I think back, but I think for me, it's when we'll travel together to Victoria Falls. Oh, yeah. And then we went whitewater rafting, which yeah. is fine, and it was all exciting and thrilling. But after that raft, we had to climb this mountain. <laughs> girl, girl. Uh, let's just say it wasn't Ooh, one of our most athletic. I'm not happy about this. It was a Ooh. steep mountain. Like, it was so steep. In and, Zimbabwe even. Yeah. <laughs> and the guys were just... running up and down, carrying like our gear, the rafts. They passed yeah. us up our and paddles. came back down. And we were sitting like... <sighs> Struggling like was, up that mountain. It was a struggle. It was a struggle. For sure. Yeah. We forgot how beautiful the white water rafting was because we're like, this mountain, screw this mountain. <laughs> oh, wow. What were your days like at, at Peter House? Uh, was it small girls? 
There is no group of enough girls. For sure. <laughs> really? Yeah. Back in our day, definitely. Yeah. I don't know what the numbers would be now. I would assume probably more. Was it half and half, day. do you think? Or I think by the yeah. time we finished, it was half and half. Because yeah. for us, Bungai, we had it at the peak of land reform. Yeah. So we actually, uh, only in our second year of high school, when we had classmates that had their land taken away from them. So even at a case in our year where land was taken up from one, like a white girl had their land taken away from another black girl in our year. So obviously tensions were very high. We had like stayaways, so we couldn't even come into school. And some parents would drop you off because they're like, you have to go to school. Some kids wouldn't even come in because parents didn't know what was happening. We had some of our classmates feature on the news because they were getting interviewed because their farms were being taken. So it was a very tumultuous time to be at school, especially a school that has race at the forefront of its image, so to speak. Because it was like, yeah, you you were pretending like everything's normal, but the world is like literally tumbling around around you. Yeah, it was strange. Yeah, so when we started, we were a very small group. That's why all the black girls were like friends, essentially. Maybe not as close, but still friends. By the end of it, we probably were more black girls, but definitely we had a big shift so quickly throughout that six years. Yeah. All right. I'd like to ask where y'all are from in Zimbabwe and what being Zimbabwean means to you. Amanda, you go first. So I'm from Chikomba district. So it's just a bit outside of Weza. That's where my parents actually both are from, which is quite unique because a lot of times parents are from different parts of Zimbabwe. Ndinoyera Mutupo, which is Ziva, which means fish. So I'm, I, I ah. do love the water, which is quite funny. So yeah, that is my totem. And yeah, I used to go Kumusha all the time. So I used to go to the rural areas all the time, at least once a year. It was standard. My dad would never make us not go. But since I've come to Australia, it's been every time you go to Zim to visit, you only got such a short time. And then it seems like another trip to go elsewhere. So I have been pretty bad in the last few years. But when my husband and I got married, we made sure to go because I had to show him where I'm from, from, you know, not just the city mm-hmm. life. So yeah. So the area you're from is that like a town? Yeah, so it's called it's called well, it's called Chik- the whole district is called Chikomba. Chikomba. Yeah, and then the actual Chikomba. Chikomba. the actual mm-hmm. little small growth point like township is called Kwasadza. Yeah, but it's like the nearest big town. <laughs> That's so fun. The nearest big town is Weza, <laughs> which most people would know. Oh, cool, cool, yeah. cool. And what does being Zimbabwean mean to you? I think being Zimbabwean means to me diversifying. Like, I think we've had to adapt so quickly to so many different scenarios and situations in our lives that we are a diverse group of people everyone's doing something in something like you always find a Zimbabwean in every aspect of anything you can think of and I think you know as much as we're not all home anymore us actually leaving home has made us very diversified and I love that about being Zimbabwean we can fit in anywhere I love that so much Mm -hmm. Rumbi where are you from and Mm -hmm. what does Zimbabwe mean to you so I am from Loa Gweru that's Kumusha for me. It's uh, just on the outskirts of Gweru town. And that's where my father's family comes from. So I'm Debele. I, so as Amanda said, my parents come from different parts. My mom from Kwarusape, she's Shona. So already 
was born into like that, you know, tension, Debele Shana tension in itself. But yeah, so that's Kumusha and Ndoyera Mbizi, uh, Edube. So they call me Madube, which is a zebra. So that's Kumusha. Grew up in Harare and different places. That's a story for another day. Yeah, I saw. Yeah. Um, and what it means to be Zimbabwean for me is to be resilient, sometimes to our own detriment, I believe. I think we are also very adaptable and make things work. I love being Zimbabwean, and I also feel the burden of being Zimbabwean. I think it's a twofold thing. There's, there's the, the, the beauty and the, the struggle that comes with that. And ultimately, one thing I definitely respect about us is, you know, our minds, education, how we, you know, when you see the world, you really see that we were given a gift in how education was, is paramount for us, like, and how we are then able to adapt and be resilient because we have that sort of foundation that enables us to go into different places and spaces and do the multiple things that we end up doing. Today is a great day to start your own podcast. Whether you have a message you want to share with the world or you think, ooh, it could be fun to have my own talk show like one guy, getting started is easier than ever. Here at Zim Excellence, we use Buzzsprout, which is hands down the easiest, most affordable, and best way to launch, promote, and track your podcast. Start for free and list your show on directories like Apple Podcasts, Spotify, Google Podcasts, and more within minutes. Podcasting isn't hard when you have the right partners, and the team at Buzzsprout is passionate about helping and teaching you to succeed. Just check out their YouTube videos. They are filled with tons of information. So join over 100,000 podcasters already using Buzzsprout to get their message out to the world. Sign up today using the link in the show notes or go to wongai.com forward slash podcast creation and you'll get a $20 credit if you sign up for a paid plan. It also helps support the show. So go ahead, sign up for Buzzsprout and keep me posted on your new podcast. Now back to the show. Before we dive deep into the layers <laughs> of your podcast, it's layered. <laughs> I find it fascinating as someone who as someone who identifies as a global citizen and someone who's a third culture kid having been raised in three different cities, I find it so fascinating to hear stories about people who moved to the diaspora and the culture shock they endured because I enjoyed culture shock moving back to Zimbabwe. So it's like um, flipped, but y'all both moved outside of Zimbabwe as adults. So how is that for you? I know you guys talk about a little bit about this in your podcast, but I'd like to, if you could sum it up in some way, whether it's to do with culture shock and all the immigration hurdles of like qualifying for visas and starting a new life. And yeah, I'll start my guess. Um, I think it's kind of weird having to prove yourself again, like, and work past a lot of the misconceptions around our blackness, our Africanness, our being Zimbabwean. 
there's so many flawed perspectives and it's exhausting. I think a lot of the time educating, I work in education and then you find you're not only educating your children, you're also educating people you interact with. So people know very little about us as Zimbabweans. So you spend a lot of time saying, okay, yes, you might have this idea of like, we're not all sitting in dry land shirtless with flies all over us and dust on our bodies. Shirtless with flies. I hate that. You know what I mean? (laughs) You Mm -hmm. know? That looks like Oxfam. So I'm like, that's not the case. So, and then also having to tame your voice in a way so that you're more palatable, but also standing your ground. It's this weird thing. It's very strange. Um, um and having to be really perceptive so i think the culture shock comes in that is like i have to explain myself all the time like yes i'm from this country but i know what electricity is or i know what it means to travel or i have traveled probably more than you have like do you get what i mean like yeah i i think the biggest thing that people don't understand is like my parents live in a house with a yard and they assume oh so you guys are like rich and it's like no it's just the way it is like if you live in suburbia that's do you get what i mean those little mm. things that well, you have you, a pool you know, yes. yes so it's strange but yeah i think that's definitely explaining yourself having to represent all black people all africans <laughs> yeah I could when go you on. Ask you. Yeah, yeah, <laughs> yeah. When you don't ask yeah. yeah, I could go on. I had the same experience as Rumbi. I think also even maybe worse because I moved. When you know you're 18, you think you know yourself, but really, you're, if you think about it, you're, you're a baby, and then you just go thrust into the adult life. You know your first job, your first, your first, a lot of your firsts, you know, are happening in this foreign land. And I think for me the biggest thing was not being majority, like always being the minority, always being the only one in the room. Mm. You know, oh my gosh, your hair grew six inches over the weekend and having to explain that. And, you know, like constantly being asked questions that you never asked yourself before. I think that's been my biggest culture shock. Like, I mean, living in Australia, we have the exact same things we had in Zimbabwe, as much as that's a shock to Australians to hear But the biggest shock for me was how many times I have to educate and tell people. And and even though I'm the only one in the room and I just want to be me, it's like you take this other role that you never got, you know, auditioned for. You just get given this role of, okay, from now on, every time you enter a room, you have to show them how black girls are. You have to show them how this and that. And it gets exhausting. I think that's a big thing people don't talk about how exhausting it can sometimes be to be the only one to be a minority. Yeah, I often feel like I'm caught in between two worlds. I mean, as y'all say, it's layers. <laughs> thousand <laughs> so percent. I feel caught between mm. being Zimbabwean and the Zimbabwean background that I've had. And then also being, I guess, at so let's say if I was living in the UK then like being caught between being Zimbabwean and then what it means to be Mm. British even though I'm not British because I was born in Zimbabwe Mm. and my passport is Zimbabwean or like being in China and then being in an international school where it just feels like we're the United Nations and we can just be 
but then being outside in the real world or like I guess now living in America where you're very much as soon as I walk into a room I'm mm. black mm. <laughs> even if I forget I'm mm. black I'm black I'm African I'm a woman I'm all those three things so I feel like it's 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 <laughs> this is the explaining yourself bit it's like the you've got these cultural expectations and then you've got the world that you're living in. And then in the middle, you have yourself trying to, I guess, figure out who you are as a person in the mm. mix outside of all these labels and outside of all the cultural things. And, and I often think about how I'll be as a parent. Cause I think about like the job that my parents had to do and the fact that Shona is technically my third language. My parents would speak to me in Shona and I would reply black reply back in English. And I didn't realize I was doing that for so many years. And how as parents, they probably had the outside world or Zimbabweans looking at them about the way they were raising me, even though, you know, I was raised with privilege and living outside the country has given me all these amazing opportunities. But then at the end of the day, when I was living here, I'm being bullied or I'm being made to feel like I'm not Zimbabwe yeah. enough. I say this in air yeah. quotes um, for the listeners that can't see me but doing what the air quotes. Zimbabwean it's, enough? It's, it's confusing. Yeah, what is it? What does it mean now? Anyway, yeah. do you know what I mean? I, yeah, I don't think it means anything, but there's still this, thing that I feel people put yeah. on each other and it's not just people living outside in the diaspora it's also people in living Zimbabwe. in Zimbabwe yeah, yeah. like yeah. we touched on this on our classism episode you know because we're like well we're all Zimbabwe which I commend you for because you were having yeah. that conversation I'm like yes yeah. we need to talk about classism yeah. it's an issue and yes we can understand and we do acknowledge our privilege of course our parents worked hard to then get the jobs they could get to then allow us to go to the schools we could go to but ultimately the division it brings is just it's astounding like it's like you can't date this guy because he went to that school you can't speak like this because then that means this. And it's just so, it strips you, right? It leaves you so raw because every move you make, you have to think two or three times before you make it. And yeah. then when you finally leave Zimbabwe and go elsewhere with that in your mind already, it doesn't give you a good foundation for wherever you're going because you're like, what is being Zimbabwean? Because yeah. even in Zimbabwe, I'm not Zimbabwean enough. Mm. So... It's such yeah. a layered, uh, confronting, to be honest, conversation, which a lot of people don't want to have because it is what it is, right? Let's mm. not go there. So, mm. <laughs> Yeah, and then we haven't even talked about, like, colonialism because it dawned on me last year when we were all having conversations about race that possibly the reason why I'm judged for speaking English is because it's colonial. Yeah. And I'm like, whoa yeah. and then I think about like you know my very existence because my accent used to be super British when I moved here uh, like they say your accent or your voice is impacted by the places you've lived um, at least five mm. years so now my voice is just very mixed and weird and I can make it do things on command but like when I'm not thinking about it it just goes all over the place and I I, I just think about like whoa it must be so like I said, my existence is mind blowing because here I was moved here when I was eight and my voice was super duper British. 
and I, I, I'm, I'm feeling all these aggressions and judgment from people, mm-hmm. whether it's people I went to school with or, or people who within my family or even white mm-hmm. Zimbabweans. And I'm like, why is this? But as a child, I just didn't know what was up. I, I wasn't aware of the larger issue of race and colonialism and, and all of that stuff. You know, it, it was it was new to me. But I'm just thinking, oh, I'm not enough. Mm-hmm. Oh, it, I'm I don't deserve to be. <laughs> this gets me emotional to the point that it's like I don't deserve to be alive. Mm-hmm. You know, I don't ex- I, I don't deserve to exist when it's it's not it's not it. And I feel like as I've gotten older, I'm able to then slip into other people's shoes and see things from different perspectives and be like, oh, yeah. because the subconscious mind is the fully formed at the age seven. And they say, you know, we change as people every seven years. So the ego is, you know, operating from the age of seven. So, you know, like they say, hurt people mm-hmm. hurt people. A lot of the times we're operating from that hurt yeah. seven-year-old without realizing yeah. it. And the judgments that people put on you anyway for not being Zimb- Zimbabwean enough or looking or I don't know. As a nation, we're already diluted in so many. I, so when you speak of colonialism, the true essence of what it means to be Zimbabwean has already been kind of like mixed up. It's not, do you get what I mean? So I just feel like, yeah. We hold ourselves to these standards that it's really because someone's definition of what being truly Zimbabwean is going to differ to someone else's. And there's yeah. just so many things. And the more a lot, the more, the more of us get out of the country and live elsewhere. How can we hold each other to those standards when already it's just really yeah. layered, essentially, and complicated. And I think part of our thing is sometimes we because we are hurt, I think, as a nation, or there's a lot in our history, you then project, we're not really an empathetic society sometimes. And so it, it can it can be missed. But I think there's also beauty in embracing all these nuanced versions of ourselves, because then there's beauty and diversity. You know what I mean? As Amanda alluded as to why she, what she thinks of when she hears Zimbabwe, and there really is beauty. And I think we will will be so powerful as a nation when we embrace and celebrate each other for those differences and the nuances we bring. I think we'll go a million miles forward. Yeah. Yeah, The judgment doesn't stop. And it's like, even Mm -hmm. when you leave Zimbabwe and you come back, from the diaspora, they'll be like, oh, you're now used to that life, you know, yeah. soft life, they call it, you know, and it's like, actually living in diaspora is not so easy, you know, yeah. starting afresh, you have nothing and you have to re- rebuild, you know, whether you move with family or by yourself, mm-hmm. you're, you're leaving everything you felt secure in to start afresh, to start over, make new friends even, you know, and it's like such a big jump that people don't take. We look at it monetary wise, like, oh, you now yeah. have electricity. Oh, now you have a this you now pop exactly pop yeah. But it's like actually no. And if I am, the amount of hours I had to work, you know, so exactly. it's like mm. <laughs> Yeah. And and then you have to like keep up your visa yeah. status and all that jazz. Oh. You don't want to get into trouble. Like if ever you see a police you're like can I not be the one he wants mm-hmm. to talk to like, mm-hmm. you just think I cannot go back home with you know in shame it just cannot happen yeah yeah, yeah. 
My friends, I hope you enjoyed part one, but before you go ahead and click play on part two, please, please, please go ahead, click that subscribe button, rate, review, and once you're done, meet me back for part two.